0: Before this episode begins, this is a quick reminder to save the date. You don't have to write it down, especially if you're driving. But just know that the Colorado Springs city election is coming up on April 4th. If you live in Colorado Springs, you'll receive a mail-in ballot in March and will vote for a new mayor, three at-large city council seats, and the unexpired term of city council district three, if you live in that district. The election is coming up on April 4th. Go vote! I'm Jen Schrader, and this is Behind the Springs, conversations with the people working for you in Colorado Springs, Olympic City, USA. March is Women's History Month, when cities across the country dedicate time to studying, highlighting, celebrating the vital contributions of women throughout history. So today, we're taking a look at how local women have contributed to the success of Colorado Springs and beyond. Leah Davis Withrow is here. Thank you for joining me as my guest. Thank you for um, having me. She is a curator at the Colorado Springs Pioneers Museum, which is part of our city's Cultural Services Division. So we're going to dive into Women's History Month, but first let's talk a little bit about the museum and what you do at the museum. Thank you so
1: much. Yes. I always love talking about women's history, so thanks for inviting me. I am the museum's curator of history, so it's my job to collect and share the fabulous and complex stories of the Pikes Peak region, and we do that 365 days a year at the museum, where... Women's history, black history, the very, very complex, rich, diverse history of our region is always on display, but we're happy to feature it during the month of March. The museum has a robust set of exhibits that tell the stories about people in the Pikes Peak region who've made differences, who've really created a better community through their work in philanthropy, technology, education, and in addition to all of our exhibits, we also have a website that features so, so many resources, including how to book a field trip, special children's programs. We have little learners and history detectives. We have summer camps and junior docents, an adult lecture series. There's really something geared for anyone, all
0: ages, at the museum. And did I mention that we're free? Yes, that's one of the best parts, right? (laughs) Donations, welcome always, uh, but free admission. And I think you bring up a good point. Sometimes people think of a museum and just standing they're at an exhibit and quietly having to shuffle around and read different things. And there's nothing wrong with that part of a museum. <laughs> um, but that's, that's just one of many opportunities to, um, there's, there's many interactive opportunities, I should say, uh, to get in there and really learn the history and experience it. And there's so many objects and just tangible ways to, to dive in.
1: Absolutely. The museum belongs to the people of Colorado Springs, to the citizens, and so we welcome, we encourage you to spend some time downtown, whether you have a few minutes or a few hours. There's truly something for everyone at the museum, but in addition to that, we have all of these programs that bring the exhibits and the stories to life, and we work really hard to make sure that we are connecting with people in our community, and I always say that if, you, if you're new here, You don't, first of all, you don't have to be a resident. You can be a tourist. You can be a newcomer. But a great place to get to know. Your new community is by coming to the museum, and what's better than a free museum? So we welcome you to visit the exhibits in person or check out, really, a vast amount of resources online, including web-based
0: exhibits, and interactive storytelling platform. There's, there's a lot of resources. That's great. And that's CSPM.org for anyone who hasn't visited the website. And specifically for women's history, you have exhibits that are, you know, right now available and then some special events coming up.
1: Absolutely. So I'd love to talk about the exhibits in a second, but I should we should really feature the special programs because during the month of March, it's all women all the time. Right. We have a Good. series of walking tours every Saturday from 10 to 1130. They're about a mile long. They're accessible for everyone. And they, it's called Women's Stories, Women's Lives. And... These walking tours focus on how women have changed Colorado Springs for the better. Women have always been a part of our community, and then on Saturday, March 11th, there's a special lecture by Sarah Rickman on women ferry pilots in World War II, which our ferry pilots are. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that's my next question. Excellent yeah. question.
1: So during World War II, there are about a thousand women that were civilian employees of the U.S. Army Air Corps, and they ferried planes from base to base. So, for instance, if uh, one of the 77 different kinds of aircraft the U.S. military had during World War II needed to be moved from one base to another, they would have women pilots do that. They were known as WASPs. And they also, I think this is an incredible part of their work, they towed targets So that gunners on the ground could practice shooting at aircraft, So they would fly an airplane in the sky, towing a target, and people on the ground would shoot at that target. So imagine the courage and bravery of these
0: women. So some of those great stories will be shared. And some of those untold stories that we hadn't heard for so long about women's service during the wars. Absolutely. I always say that if we're
1: not talking about the contributions of women, we're missing half of the history.
0: Right. That's very true. So those those lectures are a great opportunity for people to really zone in on one person or one subject, mm-hmm. uh, you know, situation. But, you know, definitely go to the lecture, and then you can go to those exhibits and kind of see, you know, branch out and see so much more.
1: Absolutely. We tell women's stories throughout the museum, but we do have some special exhibits that feature, for instance, uh, We Shall Be the Land of Women is an exhibit that talks about how women fought for the right to vote and gained the right to vote in Colorado in 1893. That's a full 27 years before the 19th Amendment passed and gave women the right to vote across the country. So women in Colorado were voting, and voting is more than just about getting a sticker or placing your... Your vote in the ballot box voting is contributing to your community it's being recognized as a full citizen and weighing in on important decisions and challenges your community has so in colorado when women gained the right to vote in 1893 they went to work they advocated for some of the amenities that we enjoy today like playgrounds sidewalks street lamps paved streets par increasing our parkland and uh, uh, maybe uh, folks and uh, folks listening to this already know, but they actually advocated for our city flag. Women in the 19 teens in Colorado Springs, we were the
0: first music- municipality in the state of Colorado to have a city flag. Interesting, and women were behind it. Oh, yeah, that's great. Oh, I love that story. Well, so there's lots of stories like that, and. Um, just in case it, you know, made you excited and thinking about voting, you're going to be able to do that, everyone, on April 4th. So we have a city election coming up right now. So that's a, that's good timing. So Absolutely. People can exercise that right that those women fought so hard for. Voting
1: should be something we never take for granted. People fought for the right to vote. That's and for sure. I think about that every time I go to the polls, and I um, share that story with my children as well so
0: that they take voting seriously. It's important. It, it definitely is. So... Uh, Talk about, you know, if with your personal history here and learning all about all these different women, do you have some favorites or some standout stories? I'm sure it's hard to choose. It is. It's almost like choosing a favorite child. child. Yes,
1: I know. <laughs> but one of the things that is so interesting to me as a historian, and I I love living in Colorado Springs and I love being a historian for the city of Colorado Springs, is that Colorado Springs has always been a place that is welcoming to newcomers. Yes. And we see that throughout our history where people... It's almost how we've built our city, right? It is. it's, It's our mantra, if you will. We welcome new generations of people to come here. And every generation has made a significant impact. And women have made a tremendous impact. Colorado Springs is the kind of place you can come and make a difference. And so women have come here from all over the country, all over the world, really, planted their roots, and then worked to make a better community. So... One um, person in particular is Joyce Gilmer. She was a military spouse, and they lived all over the country. She was raised in Missouri, and when they get to Colorado Springs, she says, this is it. This is the place for me. Unfortunately, she and her husband divorced. He went on to his next duty station, and she could have gone back to Missouri or Chicago where she had family, but she said, no, Colorado Springs is the kind of community where I want to raise my three children. There are all kinds of activities and amenities. They were, her kids were in Youth Symphony and Children's Chorale and they took art lessons at Bemis Art School and she loved the mountains. And so she stayed and put all of her kids through school, graduate school. Her son became a physician, and she needed a job that was really flexible as a single mother, and so she became Colorado Springs' first African-American woman real estate agent in 1976, and she opened up her own company called Joyce Realty, and she specialized in military families because she knew what that was like to move to a new town and maybe some of the challenges of buying a home, especially if you're in the military, you might move soon. And a funny note is that the first house she sold Was one that she was renting. She was actually living in her rental home and she sold it out from under herself. Herself. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. So once she sold, her success was a little complicated for her. Yes. She had her first commission. She had to find a new place to live. Yes. But
0: she. But a lot of women, specifically, mm -hmm. um, men and women, but women specifically, have moved here, decided to make it home, military spouses, especially, and really made it better for those who have come after. And, and wouldn't you say that's really contributed to our, you know, um, our classification as a military-friendly community?
1: Absolutely. When I look across the—and uh, I am a former military brat myself—and when I look across the country at cities and how they connect or relate to their military bases and dependents and families, Colorado Springs does an extraordinary job. We—we— we convince people to stay here. People want to plant roots here. So even if they move away, they oftentimes come back. Part of my job is interviewing folks, uh, doing oral histories and gathering stories because everyone's story matters. It's only when we collect everyone's story that we can really tell the true history of Colorado Springs. And time after time after time, I talk to folks that I was stationed here in the 70s. I was stationed here in the 80s. My dad was stationed here and I always wanted to come back. So Joyce Gilmer is really illustrative of so many people who've come here, maybe not by choice, but then they made the decision to stay and make this a better place to live for everyone else. And by the way, she also had a dream of always going to college. But as a military spouse moving from base to base to base, the timing was never great. Oh, so put her kids through but had not been herself. She had not been herself. So after she put all of her kids through college, she went to UCCS and she graduated. And if you come to the museum, we have her graduation gown on exhibit and there's a story that you can't miss. I I'm not going to give it away. I want you to visit to see this beautiful gold UCCS graduation gown in person. It's phenomenal.
0: Oh, that's awesome. That's really fun. So, do you think and she's more of a recent, I guess not super recent, but more of a a modern day um, you know, woman that stands out. Any other figures in history? You know, you hear some of the names like Julie Penrose and those type of names in history are there certain that that stand out like a like a Palmer does or a Spencer Penrose does or are there so many that it's hard to really put your finger on there specific are stories so and figures many. i
1: know and when i do public programs sharing women's stories out in the community my hardest task is narrowing it down right but you have women like Alice Bemis Taylor yes. who gifts colorado springs the Colorado Springs Fine Arts Center, a temple of arts. She, during the Great Depression, wanted to to give a gift to Colorado College of maybe a library or a building, but her friends, Julie Penrose included, convinced her to do something bigger and bolder and grander that would also put a lot of people to work during the Great Depression when people were out of jobs. So instead of a library or a building on the CC campus, she ended up building the Colorado Springs Fine Arts Center and then putting her own collection in it. It was a, a tremendous gift to the community that we still enjoy today. So women like Alice Bemis Taylor, Julie Penrose, um, women like Bea Vradenberg, who helped run the symphony for decades and created a program where the symphony would play in different parks throughout the city. She believed that everybody needed to hear beautiful music. Those are the kind of women who've shaped our history and continue to do so. Nancy Lewis, the first woman director of the Colorado Springs Parks and Recreation and Cultural Services Department, really was a visionary who worked to expand and broaden the reach of our parks department, partnered with Lida Hill to create the Garden of the Gods Visitor Center that helps support our most popular park, arguably one of the most popular parks in the entire country. And really wouldn't be what it is without that visitor center. Absolutely, Right. Women have always been changemakers here. Right.
0: I mean— Everywhere, right? But uh, <laughs> Everywhere, But here yes. specifically. And it does—what is your hope that people gain from really going in and delving into this history? Because, I, you know, I like how you often tell me, you know, I'm not telling people what to think. You're just presenting the story mm-hmm. and then hoping everyone's going to come away with something different.
1: Absolutely. What we often say is that history is really not about the past, and it's not solely about the past. We use history to help people understand how we got to where we are today. How to make sense of our community, our, our state, our country, the world. But also, history can be a tool for helping us think about what kind of future we want. And maybe it's a different future. More, maybe it's a more equitable future. But only when we understand where we've been and how we got to where we are can we consider where we are going forward in, in our exhibits, there are opportunities to, to have our ideas challenged, to find inspiration. I think history is also a great tool to build empathy. Mm-hmm. When you see someone's story, when you read a story and you see artifacts that tell that story, you consider, wow, mo- what must life have been like for them? What kinds of challenges did they go through? And then how do I carry that out into the world? So building empathy, uh, being inspired, looking at, people who have accomplished tremendous things despite great obstacles. That's the power of
0: history to inspire. That's for sure. It's wonderful, very powerful. And I think no matter what, you're coming away, or at least this is just my take, you're coming away with with just that pride in our city and all that that has come before us and— and the, the future, like you said, but it really is a place where you can cultivate that city pride mm-hmm. and just knowledge. You know, just knowledge about your own community. You know, if, you, especially if you are a transplant or <laughs> a newcomer. Yeah, you you asked me a question in the past about what if someone doesn't like history, and
1: I told you the yes. answer. I don't believe that. Right? Well, right. Do you like sports? Do you like arts? Do you like technology? Do you science? like are you interested yeah. in science inventions are you interested in parks and recreation outdoors there is a story connected to our past for everyone and we hope to create a museum where everyone sees a bit of their story reflected when you feel a part of your community's past you're a part of our, your community's present. You you are connected to that place. It means that you vote, you show up, your voice matters. It really is, history is a powerful
0: tool of connection. Yes, we're so lucky we have it as part of our city in Absolutely. the cultural services division. Thanks for joining us. I appreciate you giving us a little sneak peek. Not too much information because we want people to go <laughs> and dive in for themselves at the museum um, and explore. Absolutely. And, and really take advantage of some of those events and lecture series and... Everything you can think of, game nights, summer camps, it's just, your list is long. We do have
1: an upcoming trivia night. Check out the information on our website, cspm.org. There's always something happening. The museum is open from Tuesday through Saturday from 10 to 5. Please come down, um, spend some time at the museum, but check out our programs online.
0: Yes. look forward to seeing you. So admission is free. Donations are welcome. I like to follow with the donations. Thank you. <laughs> That's okay. Yes. If anyone wants to uh, donate, thanks for coming by. And we're just, I'm grateful to elevate women anytime we can. Thanks, yeah, Jen. Their contributions are amazing. Thanks, Leah. And thanks everybody for listening to Behind the Springs. We hope to see you next time.